0: Brittany, and welcome to my library. Welcome to another podcast episode. I hope everyone is doing well. This week was pretty good. Um, we had a little bit of a fall, autumn, weather week. It was chilly, a little gloomy, the humidity was low. It was such a nice change in the usual hot summer Florida weather. So that was really nice to break out a light jacket instead of, um, you know, regular tank top and shorts, um, but it's like good that, you know, the weather's changing. That means the seasons are changing and it's nice to be out of the weather, out of the hot weather. Um, so yeah, that was nice. Um, I'm back on social media. I took a few weeks off to help with some anxiety that I've had, but to be honest, it didn't even help. And um, I like being on social media anyways um, to kind of promote my podcast and just kind of share like what I'm reading and stuff um, and just see what's going on. Taylor Swift's new album Midnight's was just put out. And I just needed to be available to see what was going on and just be in the loop. Um, I am in love with it. I think it's absolutely amazing. My favorite song is Antihero and um, Mastermind and You're on Your Own Kid. It's funny because I write um, like po- my podcast script throughout the week just to kind of help me... Um, stay on track and like have certain talking points it just helps and I had written down like what I wanted to talk about and I had wrote down my favorite song is Antihero without hearing it because this was before the album dropped and maybe it's just confirmation bias but when she was explaining about what Antihero was about a few weeks ago, I was like, that sounds like a song that I'm really going to relate to and like. And it is. And I just, it's amazing. I'm really glad that, you know, I wrote it down and then it, now it's my favorite song. But I'm really glad that I got to listen to the album and like have new Taylor Swift songs. I just love it. It's so good. Um, definitely so good. Okay. I could talk about this forever, but let's move on to relevant things. Um, I'm currently reading Redeemed by Lauren Asher. This is the last book in the Dirty Air series. Um, I feel ready to finish this series and just have the closure. These books are so good. I will read anything by Lauren Asher. She is a insta read for me, for sure. I love her books, and I'm really excited for her other book to come out. She has one more coming out for her other series, the Dreamland Billionaires. I've read both of those books. Um, there's three. There's going to be three. So two of them are out. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for that one. I would read Lauren Asher's grocery list. Like, I'm sure that is just as good as all of her books. I just love her so much. Um, Okay, so today I wanted to talk about libraries and the history of libraries. I know a few weeks ago I talked about the Library of Alexandria, and it got me thinking about how libraries came to be, where they started, libraries were so important back in the day because they held precious information and resources to the community around them. Nations were centered around these libraries because of all the knowledge that they h- held within them and the important texts and documents. Um, people wanted to record their lives, people wanted to write down what was happening around them, Um, people wanted to write stories, and as soon as humans created a written language, they started writing. You see texts from all over the world, from ancient civilizations, written on stone, people would use charcoal, they would turn leaves into paper to create scrolls, they created like ink and all of that stuff um, to create writings to write down their history and their languages and even oral history they would write down to collect and put them in one spot and when someone wrote a book or a scroll like they needed somewhere to put that book or scroll and there was usually only one copy of something you couldn't just you know Go and have millions of books um, mass-produced to send out to everyone to have for to have available. It was one copy, and you had to go find what you wanted to look for, what you wanted to study. Um, and I mean, there was so many amazing texts, and documents that have been recorded over time. So, here is the history of libraries. Um, The first known library can be dated back to the ancient Middle East around 7th century BC, put together by Assyrian ruler Ashurbanipal of Nineveh, known today as modern-day Iraq. It is said that this library held about 30,000 cuneiform tablets, um, and they were all organized by topic. There were so many scholarly texts and documents found there. There were also some literature texts, like one of the oldest works known to humans, The Epic of Gilgamesh. I read this in high school, and it is a fantastic story that I can't believe. Someone just wrote down on like some leaves or stone or whatever they found it on, and millions of years, well, maybe not millions, but all these, all this time later, we're still reading it, and it's so amazing. Um, but this library was treasured, it was kept in pristine conditions for many, many years, and they. Uh, it is said that the um Ashurbanipal the ruler of Nineveh who set up this library um that he wrote in the li- like on the library walls like um to it like anyone who destroys the texts may um God's wrath be upon you it's like stuff like that um so he was serious about the condition of his books which we love um but yeah um this inspired many other nations to create their own libraries to keep and store knowledge and literature as well like the library of Alexandria which held over 700,000 texts from Greece, Persia, Africa and so many other nations. There was the House of Wisdom in Baghdad, Iraq. Um it was a different library established in 80 in 830 CE. This was called a super library. It had classrooms, it had um, uh, like beds in it to sleep in, it had, um, you know, basically everything you could ever think of it had in it. Um, there was another library in Cordova, Spain which is said to have held over 400,000 texts in literature. Similar libraries have been found in Rome, China, Athens, even the Mayan and Aztec civilizations in Central America, which we still know very little about, um, which is crazy that they might have, kind of technology and stuff that they have, we just will never know. But the texts found... And these types of libraries would provide knowledge about almost anything. It would um, architecture, improvements on agriculture, um, war strategies and techniques, um, medicine and advances in medicine and medicine practices and different types of medicine. Um, People knew, knew the importance of these libraries and they became more and more common. And they became very treasured, and people would go um, seek different libraries, copy down the texts to go put in their own library. Um, People knew the importance of these libraries, and smaller libraries popped up, like I just said. Um, When Western libraries became more popular within the Renaissance period... Renaissance means birth, and so renaissance means rebirth, and it was a time of rebirth. Knowledge, arts, culture, um, people just sought knowledge. It became important to know and to be aware of what was happening around them. This is where we get Galileo, Isaac Newton, um, all of the artists and, um, you know, the Michelangelo and just so many advances in art and science as well. Um, People were thriving during this time. Even medicine practices became more modern. People had this urge to learn more things around them and they couldn't learn without libraries. In Britain, they began developing um, modern libraries in the early 19th century um, and that has Become what has led them to become modern libraries today the first libraries in America were set up in the early 1700s called parish libraries that were set up by Anglican churches all over the new American colonies and when a priest would travel for missionary work if the church he was going to did not have a library then they would put plans in place to set up an adequate library for them. So that held mostly those libraries held mostly religious texts. Um and a lot of people back in the day couldn't read. Like the majority of just common folk couldn't didn't know how to read. Um so it was mostly for like clergy members in the church, um pastors, that sort of stuff. Um, In 1731, Benjamin Franklin founded the Library of Company, the, sorry I said that wrong, Library Company of Philadelphia. This was a subscription library, so not everyone could access the books and documents that were stored. In the the church libraries across the new country, they were free and public libraries that would ask for donations. Um, but there were mostly religious texts. Um but libraries like these became more popular and common. And in about eighteen thirty-ish, thirty-three-ish, a hundred years later almost basically, the first free public library that was supported by taxes was opened in New Hampshire. They supported books and texts ranging from all sorts of different topics. There was some dispute about which library was established first. There was one in Boston who claims it, one in Massachusetts, say that five times fast, um, who claimed it first. But it's confirmed that it was New Hampshire that um, was the first of its kind. But ever since then, People really enjoyed having this free way to get um, education and to be able to learn to read and go and figure out how to do things, you know? Um, Libraries grew from there. It became more common. Um, It became a place of community. And as the Industrial Revolution began, And books were easier to copy and produce, library collections grew. People began to value education to be able to create new technology that was always being created um, during this time. People needed a different way to, you know, make electricity, how to run their companies better, how to put certain chemicals together to create You know synthetics and plastics and all that sort of stuff um and so yeah and then as children's libraries became more common youth libraries became more common where only youth were were allowed in these libraries and they had information more fit for them um and then there was Andrew Carnegie he revolutionized the public library system and made libraries into what they are today pretty much he was a man born into poverty who taught himself and he became a very wealthy and successful industrialist and philanthropist Um, and one thing that he valued was knowledge and since he grew up having a very hard time having access to free knowledge it, that became his motivating factor, um, and he founded over 3,000 libraries in the U.S., in Canada, the um, Britain, Australia, New Zealand, and even more. These libraries were set up in different kind of schools and universities, as well as just general public libraries. Um, but he would fund himself, put money together from his own money and then fund these libraries, hire librarians, um, look for book donations and just straight up purchase books to put in this, these libraries so that everyone had access to education and, um, So they became um, centers for classrooms, Red Cross stations were set up in these libraries, all of modern newspapers, magazines, they were all funded by Carnegie. From that time on, public libraries started becoming more and more common for um, more and more common people in poorer parts of town with advances in technology making it easier for books to be able to be mass distributed. Libraries were put in schools where students could go and read literature and have references to information for their classes. They didn't have to necessarily like go way out of their way or just based off their own knowledge. They had like quality libraries that they could go visit. But yeah, libraries... Today, they hold classes for all types of things, and it's really a great place to get free classes, and like back before computers were in everyone's home, you know, you could have access to computer and the internet. Um, They have clubs for all ages, they have like a reading club, um, a library in my hometown had a minecraft club that they would hold for teens every day after school um i know that some libraries hold like writing workshops um acting classes um um they would even bring in like um like a service dog and then somebody would just sit in the children's center with them and read books and they would be able to pet the dog and that was like some kids a favorite day of the week where they would go to the library and do this um but yeah libraries are amazing and the history is really fascinating um the way that libraries started out and it's cool to see that civilizations and humans have always treasured knowledge and just wanting to know more and understand how things work and try to make certain things better and yeah it's been great um so I'm glad I got to share some history with you thank you to everyone who listened I find this stuff very fascinating so yeah it wasn't a long episode today but that's okay um I got to share some knowledge and I feel like it takes me so long to put a podcast together but then When I am done with it, it's only been like 20 minutes when really this took me like days to put together, but that's okay, you know? Um, it's just how it is. But yeah, thank you all for coming to my library. I hope you enjoyed. Let me know what you think and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye!